Sorry to our online people. We hope it's all now solved and we are going to be blessed together. Welcome and let us read and share the word of God together. The purpose and the power of his resurrection. Wow, pastor started with a lot of passion. I'm like, oh, pastor, continue. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's like, wow. He can preach better than me because he's my teacher. We all know that Christ rose from dead for a purpose. And there is power made available to us through his resurrection. And this is important for us to know so we can enjoy our relationship with God fully. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection, to know the living, the resurrected Christ, and know the power associated with this resurrection. Resurrection is so central to us as Christians. Christianity is the relationship with the living Savior. He is no longer in the grave. He is the risen one. He has power because he rose. Death could not hold him. Jesus has power. So my question is, what does Paul mean when he says he wants to know Christ? What does it mean to know Christ? We know people who are admired by most people in this world. They have three things that are very common. One, they have wisdom. Two, they are full of strength. And number three, they are rich. But the Bible says something else in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Whereby we, we read what the Lord says, that let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness on earth. For in this I delight, declares the Lord. Knowing God is more important. Than the three things that I've just said. It is more important than brightness, intelligence, unknowledgeable, beauty, great wealthy, skin color. Third, being in a third world war and others are in the first world war. These different things, it's more than that. And the Lord says through Jeremiah that none of these are important. What matters in understanding and knowing the Lord, the covenant, 
God who delights is in kindness, justice, and righteousness. And we read this in John 17.3 that eternal life you may know that there's only one true God, Jesus Christ. When we read this, this chapter of 17, verse 1 to 5, it begins with what is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. After giving a few lessons to his disciples, when you read before chapter 17, we see now that Christ is praying. And John explains certain earlier incidents, incidents by noting that it is not yet Jesus' time. Here, that time of submission to the will of God. The moment occurs just before Jesus and the disciples enter Gethsemane, where he will pray again prior to being arrested. My question again comes to you. What is eternal life? Eternal life is knowing God, knowing Jesus, because without knowing him, there is no true life. And we read this in the Bible. If you have time, read the book of Peter, 2 Peter 1.3, where it says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and goodness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Meaning our knowledge of him leads to his empowering us with everything we need for life and godliness. So, if you want to read more, I will leave you with assignment. For those who are writing, get time and read the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. And so I continue again with asking the same question. How do we get to know Jesus? How do we get to know Jesus? We must learn about him by listening and reading his word. Study the Bible and witnessing the impact of God in our lives. And also in the lives of others. It means going beyond learning and cultivating our relationship with him, which goes into three steps. Slide two, Dennis. I think you've gone too far. That's okay. Yeah. So, we're going to learn about the purpose and the power of res- resurrection. And it is going to be in these three important points or steps. And the first step is to put your faith in him. 
Put your faith in him. Believe he's son of God. And that the, even, even as we are celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ did take place. Wanting him to make you a new creation. Number two, spend time in prayer. Pray alone. Pray with others. Share your joys. Share your frustrations. Share your sorrows with God, not with any other man. God cares and he loves you. Talk to him. Build your relationship with him. I remember there's a lady who came to me and she told me about her problems. And she was so hurt. And she kept saying, please don't tell anyone. And after she finished, I said this. Thank you so much for trusting me. But I can assure you one thing. I'm not going silent. I am going to share what you've said. And she looked at me in a funny way. And I said, I'm going to share it with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he knows your sorrows. He knows your problems. He loves you. And he wants to build your relationship with him. Number three, follow. You know, every time we pray, there are people who are just used to praying, asking, asking, asking. We don't even listen. But this one, it says, follow. Listen as you pray. Read the Bible. Be ready to follow even when the commands look senseless. You are there, you are so sick. You think it's not going to happen, I'm not going to be healed. I'm just going to be in bed for the next four days. And you are praying and every time you read the word, it says, I am the Lord who healed thee. I am the great physician. And you are praying. And every time you open the Bible, you just feel you are healed. It is well with you. Do you follow? Or do you keep on saying, I'm just daydreaming? Follow. Listen. Depend on him, even on those tough times. The Lord is there to support you and see you. He is the risen Savior. And this was the first desire of Paul's ministry. And the second one was the power of resurrection. Paul does not ask God for more power. He asks God that he might know the resurrection power he already has. Ephesians 1, 18 and 20 shows us his incomparable great power for us who believe which is applied when he raised him from the dead. We Christians have access to this great power. Which power is this? Resurrection power. And our task is to tap into it. Now, listen to this. What are the five aspects of time?
happening to this? What? You have the power to have our sins forgiven. We are slaves of sin without God. Through Christ's death and resurrection, we are freed from sin. Romans 4.25 The second one is power to conquer sin. Christ's resurrection empowers us to conquer sin in our lives. So if this is the case, why do Christians keep on sinning? Paul gives the answer in today's verse in Philippians. We don't know the power. God gives us the power to break those habits. But we must first know we have the power. This is why Paul has such a strong desire for this knowledge. Number three, power to be God's agent. God empowers us not only to defeat sin, but also to share and display his love message or his loving message to the world. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Charian, could you please do that? Needful. He committed, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We read that one from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19 and 20. Number four is power to be conformed to his likeness. Now, I'm about to ask a question. You better watch. Which number are we? Number five? Is it number five or number four? Number four. Good. (laughs) I just said I'm about to ask a question. Power to be conformed to his likeness. We are forgiven for our sins. Enabled not to sin. Appointed as ambassadors. And perfected in his love. Paul says, we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord. Who is the Spirit? 2 Corinthians 3.18 We are Christians. This is our destiny. Become the perfect bride of Christ. Spotless, blameless, loving, kind, strong, transformed into his likeness. Power of resurrection. And now we are in number five. Power to overcome the devil. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus was given name above every name. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Jesus gave us this power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the devil. Knowing this power will make us to exercise our rightful authority over the powers of darkness and we will not be afraid of them. 
So, we all now understand the power and purpose of resurrection. Prayer is the outstanding thing to make our relationship glow, grow, not glow, grow. When we started the service, I asked the question, who was preaching last Sunday? And what was the topic? And Shirley made, said it very well. It was Ronnie, and she preached about prayer. My question is this, what is prayer? Prayer is an act of faith. We have never seen God. So my question again is, and what is faith? Faith is a commitment and a devotion to Christ. You can take that one off, Dennis. Faith is a commitment, a devotion to Christ for who he is and what he has done for us. Our faith develops higher as our relationship deepens. In other words, the faith that you had when you are getting saved has already started to develop. My worry is, are you holding on to that faith that you got when you got saved? Has it developed or did it disappear? And so this means we have levels of faith. And that has been my study. The levels of faith. I've discovered there are 15 levels of faith. But today we are just going to have 8 levels. And by the end of this, make sure you know what level you are in. Maybe I might ask you, what is your level? And you'll give me the answer. So... Let us start. The first level. Common faith. So we are starting from here, going up. So the first faith is common common faith. And this is where we all start from. The moment you just repent your sins, you pray that sinful prayer, and you you accept Jesus as the Son of God, and allow him into your heart, now you have that common faith. And where do we read that one? From Titus 1 4. Wow. So as time goes on, you go to another level, which is the little faith. Who is of little faith here? No one. Jimmy, you lifted your hand. Are you of little faith? Uh, no, I don't think I'm that. Oh, thing. thank you, brother. As we, <laughs> as we grow, read the word of our faith rise, the word of God, our faith rises from common to little. So when you get saved, you get the common faith. And as you grow, your faith comes from common faith to little faith. And this is the faith that we trust God for our daily needs. This is the progressing faith. And this is where most Christians are. 
Most of the Christians, they are there. People of little faith. And we read this from Matthew 6.30. As in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. So, from there we go to the third level. Wavering faith. This is the faith that comes and goes. Faith like a child. You have it when you need it. You lose it when you are doing well. And that's what you want to be. Childlike faith. It's where you forget where you are and who you are at times. Not sure. You keep looking behind when life is tough. And this is dangerous. If God promised it, then believe it and allow the peace to come to you. Make a decision and stand by it. Don't stay there on that level of wavering faith. It's very dangerous. Anyway, some of us have been there and we have progressed. We've gone higher. And they are on temporary faith. Are we, are we trying to get to gauge ourselves which faith we are in? In our spiritual life? So, as I talk, just start, start now thinking, where am I? Am I in the common faith? Am I in the little faith? Am I in the wavering faith? Or am I in the temporary faith? Where you believe and stop believing. Your faith has no foundation. You don't read and dig the word of God. You don't have any fruit. Even at home, at work, in your business, at school, wherever you are. There is no fruit, no foundation to show that there is Christ in you. And this leads you to putting yourself into bad company. Peer groups. Because you don't portray who you are. And this, unfortunately, is what has made the community to judge Christianity. Because of our character. The way we walk. The way we behave. The way we dress. The way we do things, it leaves a picture of who we are. And we read this in Luke 8, 13. Anyway, if you pass that one, you'll go to the next level. And it is the strong faith. Who wants to be in the strong faith? Oh, now we are starting to go together. This is when you get rooted into the word. Then you climb to this level. You get deep into the foundation. You have fruits, as Romans 4.20 tells us. It's the faith that you get to know when to say no. Because you don't want to compromise your faith. Even when people mock at you and laugh at you, you don't shy off. You make a stand and go by it. 
And when you do like this, this is when your faith now starts to take off to another level of being a person of great faith. Hmm? You hear some people introduce others. Ah, I'm, I'm happy to introduce my brother. This is a brother, a man of great faith. Let's see. Next time they call me a woman of great faith, I'll just start to gauge myself. Where are they engaging me at? Is, am I a person of great faith or am I higher? And I'll say, oh, sorry, you are demoting me, please. Matthew 8.10. This is the faith where you stand the authority and have absolute confidence. You rest upon the promises of God and his word. And this is where you speak the word and you have no room of doubt. You have total confidence and count everything done regardless of evidence. A person of great faith. But again, you can go on and get higher again to the active faith. Where we read it from the book of James, chapter 2, verse 14 to 26, where it is the active doing faith, where you continue doing in faith. You know what? Faith is action. So you can't just be a person who is full of great faith and you just stop there. No. You need to keep on doing that. Activate that faith. And then we have the next level, which is divine faith. Galatians 2.20. This is the faith where you are ready to be crucified with Christ. It's where you pray exceedingly and have a lot of faith in your prayer. Even when they change to situations to tease you, you push on and trust God of the 11th hour. You don't stop. And so, we will continue with that next time. That's the next level. So if you want to listen more, we will continue next time. Because time is gone. Let me conclude this. So, the fact of the resurrection is central to true Christianity. The resurrection must be true if we are to know or to have a relationship with our Savior. It must be true if we have to access the power which raised Jesus from the dead to be forgiven, overcome sin, be God's ambassadors, to be conformed to his likeness, to overcome Satan and his kingdom. You can take that off. Look at what the Bible shows us about prayer. It will reveal that the heart of prayer is about recognizing every moment of everyday life that we are completely dependent of God. Faith in God 
has to make sense and stand up to investigation. Faith should make sense of this world in which we live and enable us to live a better way. The purpose of faith in God is to trust and serve God, to know his will and love him. Being a Christian will not be the end of our, of our problems. Even Jesus found himself killed and hated. However, I believe that faith in God causes us to think and behave in ways that work in the grain of the universe. We were made to know and serve God, and there can be no better way for us to live than what we are made for. To ignore God is like running a car on the petrol. When we open ourselves to God's ideas, then it is like suddenly finding the right fuel. We might still have to go up mountains, but we know that God is with us, cooperating us, no matter what problems we face. I believe we now understand the meaning and the power of his resurrection. God bless you. Amen. Welcome. Good on you, Helen. That was a great message. Levels of faith, eh? Interesting. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.